Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God pastoring and caring about your health and wanting to see you grow into Christ, who Christ is creating you to be. Strong and healthy ministry teams where you can call anyone on that team and say, here's what I'm struggling with. Can you pray with me? Number four, that we would take the gospel and relationships to people. And we feel like those go hand in hand. We kind of feel like the age of the bullhorn and even the track is insufficient for today's reality. People thirst for relationship. When you say, I'll be in your life, they'll listen to you about your Jesus. If you're not willing to be in their life, don't speak about your Jesus. Because that's what he is. He's Emmanuel. He is God with us. And that's what he's calling us to be. God with them. So it's not about a track anymore. We are walking, living tracks. If you have tracks in your pocket, it's, it's nothing against you. You probably do relationship really well. I don't, if I'm doing that. And the fifth one is youth. I really don't even know what that looks like at this point. We literally have about for youth, but we have, could be 20 or could be 50 teenagers showing up on Thursday night. We just want to be prayerfully prepared for how to do that, okay? We don't have plans in place, we pray first. So today, everybody say amen? amen. Today, 100% participation. Why do we want 100% partici participation in RCC? Just imagine this, imagine if every person in here decided to serve in one area. Imagine if every person in here just said, I will serve in one area. There would not be a burnout person in the room. Here's what happens, okay? And this is the rule, and all you guys know this. About 20% of the people in a church usually do about all the work. And what happens to those people is they get burnout. Pastors see them, and they're like, oh, you want to serve? Please, yes. And so those people stand in and do roughly 10 people's jobs, and those are the people that end up blowing up post office boxes sooner or later. They end up freaking out. Because we're asking too much from one person. And the reality of the other people is, you just don't jump in. And that's not anything against you. I, there's really good reasons why some people don't. 
One, sometimes there's poor leadership that doesn't know how to put you in the right place, and that does manipulate you. We don't want to do that. Two, you, you're extremely introverted, and you're scared to death of approaching anybody. Three, you don't feel like you're equipped to do anything. That's just a lie. In the name of Jesus, you were crafted by him, created in his image, and he actually placed a gifting in you to use for his kingdom. It can be manipulated, and you can use it for you, but it's supposed to be used for his kingdom. And when that happens, and when everyone in the group steps up and says, all right, I'll serve my portion, you know, my part of the body, then the body, see, the body now is Christ. What was one man before he came and died, one man was Jesus, is now a body. We are the body of Christ. So all of us form Jesus. You're not supposed to be all Jesus, Jordan. As amazing as you are, and you are amazing, and I'm thankful for you, you're only sp supposed to do your part. And if you do that, you'll live out of peace, you'll live out of joy, and you'll live under his righteousness. And so my challenge to you today will come in a little bit. It's maybe, don't, some people hear this phrase and they're like, yeah, I need to back off. There's not that many people that need to slow down in churches, honestly. That are like, yeah, I just need to take some space, you know, between my fantasy football and my Nintendo, <laughs> you know, and, and House of Cards. Not that I don't even watch that. I don't even know if people watch that. You know, I just, I just don't have time. There's no time for that. And the Falcons are coming up. It's just a busy season, you know, like I got my workouts. It's hard right now. That's not a person that needs to slow down, realistically. The person that needs to slow down is the one that... There's three or four names that jump to the forefront of your brain right now in our community that when you say, who's serving, those people jump out. Maybe those people say, I'll step back a little and I'll focus, okay? But for everyone else, it's really about just taking a step forward and saying, I want to just serve, you know? I just want to do something. I don't want to be manipulated, but I, be, I want God to use the gift he's put in me. If, you don't be, if you're not a part of this church, this is still applicable for the church you come from. I promise you, if you show up and you say, I just feel like God's stirring me to serve, no one's going to be like you should probably back off a little bit. That's never going to be said by a pastor. They're going to sit down with you and ask you how. So. so it is a culture shift, though. So when you decide to serve, it's a huge culture shift, especially for Americans, because we're used to kind of dominating and being in charge and owning things. <clears throat> and our American dream and Tom Cruise running with his flag to plan it. And then Nicole Kidman being right there, super happy. That's not realistically how it's supposed to work. So... I remember when I was um, in college at Lee University, I had my first time really having a job about serving. I worked at Outback Steakhouse. And I remember kind of the fears that I had of walking up to a table, you know, like, I'm here 100% for you. And I was getting paid. And just how poorly you can be treated, right? Just showing up at a table. For everyone who's never been a waiter, and there's some of you that I'm always on about this, you always feel like they should be doing a better job and that you should detract their tip every time because you've never been a server. If you've been a server, you know that you only make like $2.90 an hour and it's hard. So I just remember this one time, these group of college guys came in and they just went to town. They were getting beers, they were getting shots, they were getting wings, they were getting everything. Bill was hundreds of dollars. And when they left, they left me nothing. And what they didn't know, because of tip share, I actually had to pay to serve them. Does that make sense? So as a, as a waiter, if you don't get tipped, you still have tip share. I paid to wait on a bunch of guys that did not. Doesn't that just make you mad? Okay, slow down. Shift over into church. We show up, we're ready to serve, and we just think everybody loves Jesus, right? Nobody will do anything dumb here. 
this is Jesus' house, you know? Nobody's going to not be thankful. Just forewarning. It's the way of the world. People are not thankful a lot of times. And sometimes the people that need the most help are the least thankful. Does that mean that we don't do for them what we're supposed to do for them? Absolutely not. We do everything we do for the glory of God. Such a beautiful, ah, it's just the Benedict, Benedictine order is this idea, I-G-I-O-D, it's this, for all for the glory of God, this idea, I'm going to read you a passage, everything. So when you serve and someone walks up and spits in your face, right, that's awful. But if you serve to the full extent of doing it for him, you can do that and go clean your face off and move on. Awful, right? That's why they throw in scriptures and passages about turning the other cheek. It's preparing you for what you'll you'll be equipped to do when you start this lifestyle. If your life is more about what you can get, then you don't even struggle with this, right? So today my goal, my hope is that that you would just see Jesus for how he came, right? That you would see what Jesus is armed with. And if he showed up and he had a vest on and a belt, what would be in it? What would his weapons be? And some of you would be shocked. Some of you would be shocked. And some of us should probably repent. Some of us should probably stop thinking it's our job to retaliate. Because when Jesus shows up, he does it so differently. I want to read you Matthew 20 real quick. 20 through 28. You guys can go ahead and open up to Matthew 20, 20 through 28. It's the first book in the New Testament. It's one of the synoptic gospels. And it's beautiful. You should read it. You should read all of the gospels today before you leave. (laughs) If you'll pull this up, Jessica, I'm going to read it to you. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to Jesus with her sons, bowing down and making a request of him. And he said to her, he's asking her, what do you want? You know, what do you wish? She said to him, listen to this, command that your kingdom, that in your kingdom, these two sons of mine may sit on your right and one on your left. But Jesus answered, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink? And he said, we are able. Ah, keep going. He said to them, my cup you shall drink. But to sit on my right and on my left, this is not mine. See, he's already modeling following his father. He's already modeling I do his will, not mine. On my right and on my left, this is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my Father. And hearing this, the ten became indignant with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord over, lorded over them, and their great men exercise authority, right? We know these kind of men in our culture. We know men that demand authority and demand respect. You can go to the next one. It is not this way among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. The word here for serve is actually the same word as minister. They're used interchangeably minister and serve this is why with our staff when we pray we say how can you when we're praying for jordan to preach how can you stand in front of them and serve them 
We actually give them a mental picture. I like to say, pretend that everyone you're preaching to is standing and you're walking up to them and washing their feet. That's preaching. That's preaching. Not domination. It's this gift that's been given to us to serve the body, not to make us better, not to make us followable, not to make us Jesus, not so that we can be famous. And every gift is given to everyone for the exact same purpose, to serve, not to be gloried for you. Does that make sense? And so today I'm going to ask you to repeat something. I'm, I'm sorry I'm keeping having you repeating, but it's good. I want you to say, I am here. We'll start over. Luke, can you help me out? I'm just kidding. <laughs> what time about what? <laughs> People freaking out. All the chaplains watching Luke at Campbell we were like, can he do this every week? <laughs> just running around, sweating. All right, on the count of three, I'm not going to do three. I'm just going to say it, but get loud this time. I am here. I am available. I can help. One more time. I am here. I am available. I can help. Thank you guys so much. Let's just do sign-ups now, you know? I want that to kind of be our chant as a community, and if everyone says it, no one's burnt out. Beautiful. I'm going to go to another passage for you. This is going to be your second passage today. I'm going to read you 1 Peter 4. You guys can go ahead and open up to that. It's a little farther along in the New Testament. It's the first um, of the Peters, and it's chapter 4. Okay. You know, and this is starting to speak about evidence of life in the Spirit. I promise I'm getting somewhere, guys. If you can pull this up, Jess. Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh. This just baffles me. This makes me want to cry just reading this first one. Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, militaristically using language that you would use in battle, asking you to arm yourself. Arm yourself also with the same purpose. purpose, Because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased to sin. So as to live the rest of the time in the flesh no longer for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. For the time already passed is sufficient for you to have carried out the desire of the Gentiles. Having pursued a course of sensuality, right, lusts, just wants and wants and wants, drunkenness, carousing. I'm not even sure what that word means. I'm going to just tell you guys that. What is a carousing? Maybe some of you scholars know. Drinking parties and abominable idolatries. In all this, they are surprised that you do not run with them, right? This new person walking in the Spirit, the the person who sees this, the pagan looks at this and says, why are they not walking with us? And the same excesses of dissipation, and they malign you. But they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For the gospel has for this purpose been preached even to those who are dead, That though they are judged in the flesh as men, as we all are, they may live in the spirit according to the will of God, as we all can. The end of all things is near, therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. (coughs) Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins Be hospitable to one without complaint. 
as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And here's where I'm just going to preach for a minute. When I read this last night, it was the first time I saw this, right? All this talk about America and military and, and Christ is trying to teach us how to arm ourselves. And he says, be armed with the same mind as Christ. So at first I was like, all right, so does this mean he's talking about being persecuted and his flesh being destroyed? Is he saying put yourself in position where you can be destroyed? That's not what he's saying. There are times when Christ fled areas for the right reason. He's not saying go throw yourself into stupidity. But he is saying he made friends. This is a lot. He made friends with death. He, he made friends with, all right, I may die. And if it's for Christ, I'm okay with it. And the fallout from that, arming, arming himself, right? Arming himself with, I'm making friends with death for the sake of Christ so that when I look at you, if you want to take my life, I will let you if it's his will. So that the other sinful desires that the pagans were used to didn't even compare. So this, this for me helped me really see Christ because I always wondered, how did homeboy always not sin? Like he's a dude, right? He's a dude, we do dumb stuff all the time. I know he's God. I know he's human. But he was 100% human. Doesn't make sense. How did he not sin? He made friends with death from the beginning. He knew, I am not here for me. I am going to die. And if you quench that fear and you quench that desire to keep your flesh and do what it wants, if you go ahead and make friends with death and say, if it's for Christ, and I realize how distant we are from that, guys, but it makes so much sense to me how he's able to do it. He says to, to, to the world, my body is going to be destroyed. I'm friends with that. I'm not going to run from it. I'm going to bleed because it's, it's heavy when I'm praying before it happens. But my body is for the sake of the gospel. This flesh and its desires will not hinder me from that. And then the fallout from that is he didn't lust. Because the, the bigger is quenched, right? So it talks about then this new life that he's going into from the old life into the new. And I just want to stay here for a minute. Really, the only way that humanity knew was selfish, selfishness before Jesus came, you know. That's why pagan culture was, if your body just starts to desire to do something, just do it, you know. Sexuality, yeah, crave it, let's do it, you know. Like, want to eat that, do it, you know. Whatever, you know, each of you can relate to the, the thirsts of the body, Right? Whether it's actual food we want to eat or whether it's what you know you're going to struggle with. We crave things. This flesh, right? This flesh has its own desires equipped from birth day one. That's why kids are crazy. We're at Kroger and I'm on the other side of the store and Kroger's massive. I know when someone takes something out of Nava's hand. It's horrifying. <laughs> I can tell her cry on the other side of the store when, and she carries in 11 Barbies because she's always got to have her Barbies. And as soon as somebody grabs one, it is like mayhem. We from birth know how to do mine. I mean, how is that so? Mine, right? Mine. That's why kids are so hard to be around sometimes. Because all they want is mine, mine, mine. It's just true, guys. It's, and some of you are gifted in that. You can do that. But it's just like this constant struggle of that's mine, that's not yours. That's mine, that's not. And everything is theirs. It doesn't matter what it is. Your wallet, your purse, your car, your driving. Everything is theirs. It belongs to them. Now, so much so that when they take it, you're like, yeah, you can have my wallet. Because it's not worth the fight that's about to happen. You can just have it. <laughs> the money, the IDs, I don't care what you do. It's, this is better than what you're. Because we have in us. 
We just are pre-wired to want our stuff, and it doesn't go away. We refine it and become good at it, and we know how to be falsely humble, and we know how to make it look like we don't really want that we want for you, but we still get what we want. All of us are good at that, right? Let's just be honest. All of us struggle with that, and especially in Christianity. Christianity, there's flesh that screams out in Christianity, this has got to be my way. You know, church has got to be this way, you know. We have our, even what we think we have to have, it's just, it's just nasty. And the only cure for it is Jesus. And only through Jesus are we able to be raised into this new life. And the new life, guys, it's not what you think, right? Like we, we sing these songs, I'm going to get my blessing right now. You know, I can feel the presence of the Lord. I'm going to get my blessing right now. I don't like singing that song. Somebody's going to hate me for that. I don't like singing it. Because the first thing you're hearing is it's about you getting what you want. Our prayers. God, help me develop my personal life. You know, God, please give me this desire. Help me to become the man you want me. Nothing's inherently wrong with that. But even our prayers are like about us, right? Like, God, make me, let my calling, you know, help me to be... And Jesus is coming and saying, there's this brand new way that you, you don't, if you don't get this, if you don't get this, you're going to struggle forever. Everything in your walk, in your life will be hard forever. And he shows us, best teachers show you. They don't tell you and leave, they stay with you and show you. So he walks by a guy named Bartimaeus and he hears him calling out, you know. And his disciples say, do not stop for him. You have a goal. You're on your way to do something for all of man. And he says, zip it, D's, I'm stopping. And he stops, and he prays, and he heals, and blind Bartimaeus gets up and freaks out, and he stops with the woman with the issue of blood. And some of us dudes don't even know what that really means. It sounds very womanly, painful, having to do with organs, probably bad in that time. We would never use that language. He stops, and he notices in this that someone is reaching for him in faith. He even to the people closest to him, not just those out there. Like some of us are just waiting for churches that will go after it and get out there. And Jesus is like, I'm going to send you as soon as you start loving your brother. But you don't even do that well yet. And so he takes off the shoes of his disciples as they tell him, no, you won't. And he says, oh, yes, I will. And he takes off their sandals and he cleans their feet completely, all of them. And he says, this is what leadership is. And we still want to get our blessing right now. And he's saying, just watch me. You know, paint the picture of scriptural Jesus and what would he do, you know. I have a new phrase I want to start using. It's WWJD, and it means what would Jesus do. I feel like it has traction, so run with it. <laughs> just, you know, when, you know, when, when, uh, this is what I do in, in spiritual places that are supposed to be for Jesus. I just imagine if Jesus is in this setting, what does he do? And a lot of times in these settings, Jesus is flipping over tables. And he only does that once in Scripture. A lot of times in these settings, he's having a deep theological conversation with all the leadership. And a lot of the times, he's attacking the community with love. And I'm like, oh, I see Jesus so beautifully in here. I see Jesus in our church. I see Jesus when we worship. I see Jesus when you serve. I see Jesus in the meet and greet. I see Jesus in the way Jessica serves every Sunday and she's here first. I see Jesus in the way that Justin led worship and Camille led worship. I see Jesus in the, 
and the families right now that have said yes to opening their homes. And you, don't even, you guys don't even know this, but there's homes all across RCC right now that are saying, we have a place to live, you don't have a place to stay, come live with us. It's happening all over the place. It's beautiful. I see Jesus in the way that you love one another. I see Jesus in the way that you forgive one another. I see Jesus when the moron does the moronic thing to you in a moronic way and it is stupid and that you, you just let it pass. I see Jesus in that. I see Jesus when you let me fail as your pastor because I'm going to do it a lot. I've said a lot of these, but you get the picture. So, so he's, then he uses this kind of tagline, and I'm, I'm going to kind of get to it. And he says, the end is near, and he's trying to challenge them. He says, the end is near, and usually for us, we'd be like, oh, the end is near? Oh, no, okay, I need to get right. You know, like, make, make sure you, you drink your get right and get good because Jesus is coming, and you want to be counted ready, right? It's not what he says. Will you pull up 7 through 10? He says, the end is near, and so because of that, do this. And this is actually life in the Spirit. You want to talk about being Spirit-filled. You want to talk about being led by the Spirit. This is what it looks like. You can bring up 7 through 10. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Above all, this is like his, but, but everything I've just said, listen to this now. Keep fervent your love for one another. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable. Did you know that the church would not even exist without hospitality? That in order for our church to get through the first century, it had to meet in homes? And so it was considered the greatest sign of serving for a person to open up their home and say, you can live with me. The greatest sign of affection for first century Christians was, you can sleep in my back room and you can sit at my table and you can live with me. That to me is amazing. The church wouldn't even be here without that, right? Be hospitable to one another without complaint. Ah, doing a word there some of us didn't want. As each has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now I'm going to do this really quick. I'm skipping that whole part, guys. That's your fault. So here's, here's what I really would just ask that you do today, you know. My goal is that we would be a community that doesn't have to be told, here's where you serve. I feel like serving should be when we, nobody in here knows. And only you know that, you know, in Jesus. And he's not keeping a, he's not Santa. He's just trying to fan that. But the heart of a person who knows they're really walking with Jesus is, I am here, I am available, I will help. I am here, I am available. I will help. I could totally manipulate this moment to get you guys all into a ministry. Be like, you want to be like Jesus? You're not in a ministry. You're not. <laughs> I would never say that. <laughs> never say that to you. I really wouldn't, you know, because I've been in ministries where the leadership, maybe not even out of a wrong heart, just didn't, didn't know how to pastor people, you know. So here's my challenge for you. I'm going to give you an explanation. Will somebody throw me one of those? Okay, this is an S. What do you feel like this S stands for? Singing. Serve, what is it? Sam, it stands for Sam. Everybody say serve. Where you, did some of you sit on these? <laughs> I gotta do it. We're asking that you guys would get off your S's, okay? <laughs> that's, that's our big prayer. 
You see what I'm saying? I could do that like 11 more times. We are asking that you would get off of your S. <laughs> so good. And here's how we ask that you do it. We want you to ask Jesus, my sheep hear my voice. I am with my children. Ask him. And for those of you who aren't from my church, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to do this too, from your church. Jesus, the first thing you need to do is, where are you leading me to, lead, to, to be somewhere to serve? Are you doing that? First thing. Second thing, are you good at stuffs? Is there anything, are you great at loving people? Do you just tend to want to be around people who pray? Do you love kids that want mine all day long? Do you leave worship, want to be a part of it? Are you good with computers, all this stuff? We don't, listen, RCC is not trying to build an empire. I promise you that. We don't want to be an empire. We don't want to build anything Jesus is not a part of. So we're doing it slowly, and we want you to participate. Our prayer is 100% participation. So our prayer today is that you would take this S, that you would write on it, Please follow with me as I say this. Three things. Name, email, number. Name, email, number. Name, email, number. It's easy, right? And you would take this to the appropriate place. And you guys can go ahead and go to where you're going to be. And, and the tables, you don't have to get up. You just join prayer, though, guys. Thank you over there. That old table's on prayer team. I didn't even know it. So sorry about that. You're in kids ministry now, Jim. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little promo of the ministries. Justin, if you'd come up. And Camille. Um, it's getting a little long in the tooth in service right now. That's okay. Um, it was rainy as we came in. Jesus provided sun now. We want to give you five minutes to pray in here. And for some of you, you need to be challenged, right? Busyness is very real. Slow down right now to listen to your father. Give him five minutes. He could speak something totally different. He could lead you to a passage. But I am asking that you would pray, are you leading me to be a part of a ministry? Pray that as they lead. We're going to have actual prayer teams available on the fronts near the barn doors. If you need someone to pray with you, take advantage of our prayer teams. They want to pray into you. But for the next five minutes or so, Here's what it looks like. This over here, is this connections? Jordan, if, hey Jordan. Jordan's gonna be over here. This ministry is about loving people well that are entering the church. Over here is prayer ministry. The leaders of this ministry are right here, Ken and Linda. Prayer ministry is really taking off and we're doing some big things. We're gonna have a night of healing prayer in January where people from all over this community are gonna be invited here to be healed because Jesus does that. This table over here is media. Guys, Jessica carries, she is the Marshawn Lynch of the media department. <laughs> she is beast mode, and she needs a second string and a third string back to come in and help her out. If you can help with any of this, jump into that. If you, if worship is your dealio, you know, if God has gifted you in the songs or psalms or any of it, or instrumentally, right over here, is where Julia is here somewhere, and then Josh is going to be available over here. And then right over here, we have kids ministry. I'm sorry I'm taking so long to do this. We need people to volunteer for kids. 
It's plain and simple. We have a plan we're working on, and it's getting in place to help make sure that we have the right amount of volunteers that are pastoring and doing a good job. And our kids' pastor is amazing. She loves people incredibly. She's actually sick today, so pray for her. She has the flu, and she's in bed, and she hates that. But right over here, I would love it if 20 of you go sign up for kids. The deal is to do one Sunday a month right now. And then over here, we have Campbell High School. We just want people that can help on Thursday nights come and love the kids well. Just be here for Thursday nights. They're going to come. We're going to give them a devotion. We're going to pray with them, and we're going to spend time with them and feed them every Thursday for the next 12 Thursdays. It's a 12-week commitment. would love for you guys to join in over here with Luke and Sarah. If you are already a part of a ministry, please raise your hand. I ask that you would fill out what ministry, if that's what you're going to continue to do, fill it out and just take it over there, okay? Don't alleviate yourself from this. But for five minutes, we're going to start right now. Jesus, I pray for five minutes that this will be a space where you can speak into, where you can breathe life into, and that we would say, God, where you go, I will, I will follow. Just as Jesus only did what his father said for him to do. And even he didn't know who would sit next to the throne. We ask that you would lead, God, and that we would follow your voice. Lead into our ministries. We want healthy ministry teams. We want discipled five-year-olds. God, I want my son to know the Apostles' Creed. And I want him to know, here's what it looks like to pray. And, and here's what it looks like to receive salvation, God. We want our prayer ministry to pray for the city. God, we want you to lead it all. So over the next few minutes, God, lead us. In Jesus' name, guys, just for a few moments, let him lead as you pray. Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.